Episode 8 is going to be a great one. LaShawn Shady McCoy joins the podcast. I'm so grateful for the time that he gave us, and boy, did we cover a lot. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, he was just a great interview. He was a good guy to have on, and, you know, he even talked about his trials and tribulations of life and uh, what it led to football and how he overcame it and how he's still kind of thinking about it. Yeah. Do you want to know if he's going to retire? That's what we want to know, right? We waited all the way to ask him that question. We got him on the podcast just so we could find out, is he going to win his third Super Bowl in a row or is LaShawn McCoy going to retire? Welcome into the Sports Extra podcast. I cannot understate this. This is the biggest episode we have ever had. Episode 8 is going to be electric because Harrisburg native LaShawn McCoy has joined us. A McDevitt graduate, a Big 33 player, played for the Pitt Panthers. He was a second-round draft pick in 2009 to the Eagles, where he is the franchise rushing leader. He's 32 years old. We talked retirement. We talked about breaking his ankle against the Cougars in his senior season at McDevitt. And maybe if he doesn't retire, what it would take for him to play for the Birds once again. It is a huge episode, uh, and you are also seeing a new face. For those of you who don't know, this is producer Dave Shiner. You've heard him a lot. Uh, big Philly guy, big Pennsylvania guy. Welcome to the front of the camera, my man. Yeah, I got to say I'm a little terrified, but we're going to roll with it. You're doing great. <laughs> it's honestly awesome. Uh, also, one of the big, biggest LaShawn McCoy fans uh, in the office, at least. We'll put it in that realm. Mm, Brought us the jersey. My jersey. Worn many a game. That's it, his it's, guy. It's, it's my guy. Uh, so, really, we <laughs> we kicked Logan out so <laughs> you could get to talk to well, LaShawn you know. McCoy. Sometimes being a producer has its perks, and <laughs> you know you get to slide in when that uh, that opportunity is in front of you. Logan Reaver, unfortunately, currently right now stuck in an airport. Uh, Might still be stuck in an airport. I think he's been in an time. airport I don't for, know. Yeah. for 24 hours at Something least. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, so we miss Logan, but we are happy to have Shiner back in. Producer Tyler behind the cameras, behind the computers. He's got a lot of cords over there. Uh, eventually, we'll get to Tyler, but. Uh, I'm so pumped. Before we get too far into the episode, be a friend. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. Please rate us five stars and leave us a review. All right, back to the episode. I cannot believe that LaShawn gave us like 20 minutes. Yeah, no, it was pretty awesome. He took time out of his day and uh, playing a little hurt too from what we heard. So, yeah. you know, yeah. we'll see what happens. I, it's interesting that he's like off-season workouts for these guys and, and LaShawn not on our team right now trying to find a spot for him. But, um, you know, just what their day-to-day -day is like, trying to fit in family time, little vacation time, um, so to fit us in is pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, no, it's pretty awesome to take some time out of your day for us, you know. We've said it for the last couple weeks, right? Logan loved, loved May, now we love June because there's so much going on. Last night, uh, we're recording this on Wednesday, of course, the Sixers win game two, a pretty, I don't want to say critical, but the way the game one went. It was a must win. Oh, it was a must win. Didn't it feel like it? Yeah, and, and they actually stepped up. I mean, Embiid, for all intents and purposes, looks like he's the same old guy, even mm. though, you know, about six days ago we thought he might be dead. So, you know, I'm just glad to see him playing out there. And he's still the most dominant player in the NBA, and we'll get to that a little later. If he has to tear his meniscus to play like this, I mean, I'm not hey. hoping for a knee injury, but oh, my no. goodness. Well, he's going to be completely rebu rebuilt by next season. May might have bionic legs or something. Who knows? Shiner, I would like to personally apologize to you, though. 
What, you haven't paid me my $5? I do owe you $5. <laughs> yes. We bet on, what do we bet on? Oh, uh, the it Wizards. Was the, wi yeah. the Wizards, uh, you thought they were going to win um, without five. Embiid, and yep. the guys stepped up and kind of rolled over them a little bit. It wasn't yeah, even that hard. I think at this point I owe you interest, so <laughs> I do have that $10. I might just have to give it to you at this point. But uh, I also want to apologize to you because a dream of yours is officially over. It is. Embiid is not the 2021 mm. NBA MVP. Yeah, and uh, say what you will, but by the end of the season, we'll see which MVP is still standing. Oh, do you, would you be happy with an NBA Finals MVP? Oh, of course. Yeah, because it means course. you're in the finals. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> just because you had a great regular season doesn't mean you win the chip, and if you can do that, then that's really what it's all about. Maybe the process is officially working. Uh, as of right now, it is, as long as they can all continue to process <laughs> i guess <laughs> you continue to yes no you know. it's true it's it's crucial at this point yeah you no you, you got to have your guys on the floor to to make it a an actual run and you know had a little scare and we'll see if they can stay healthy the rest of the game here i don't i don't want to get too far into nba here but the process needs to include danny green being benched because mm. he's not good well i mean curry's been lighting it up lately i think you got to let the the shooters shoot um he does get kind of behind on defense a little bit and you know it, it's the matchups are always what it comes down to. I've seen that guy play some lockdown D on some of the best, you know, offensive players in the in the league, and then you'll have a game where you're like, well, where is this guy? You know, like Ben Simmons can't guard everyone. You know, especially when Embiid was out. I think that's when you know the the one, the couple games that went a little sideways. You know, it, you need your guy to be there. I'm gonna go right into that only because you talked about Curry for half a second there, and now I've decided to change my 27 second take. So Tyler, would you put 27 seconds on the clock for me? Are we ready? Great. Ready? Time starts now. What do you think it's like to be the forgotten Curry brother? Honestly, Steph gets all the love. Seth, not so much. His parents even barely named him anything different. I just find this sad for him because he's the one still playing and i would also like to know if steph has any plans to go to any of these playoff games because you're never going to get that chance ever again that's all i have to say i just find it sad for seth curry how much time do i have left quite a bit i think wow there it is oh yeah. my goodness i just had nothing i just have thought a lot about seth curry because he's lighting it up mm -hmm. and well, yet he's not the curry brother everyone pays attention to even his own gm tweeted to his brother saying hey you want to maybe uh, join your bro here over in philadelphia yes, that's and that's not enough that was that, a seventy-five thousand dollar tweet by the way that we got technically fine. 150 because they yeah. also find the organization so. exactly so you tampering, know man All you but that's not tampering i'm sorry that's not i mean how many stupid tweets go out there daily or retweets or something but or like you know, all the all big the ups to number twenty five, you know, or something you like that. You know, all the tweets you don't see are just text messages. So exactly, it's the same thing. <laughs> They're dropping them in the DMs. LeBron's I phone log. Yeah, literally. Well. How does he not get fined for tampering? The dude's created super teams. Um. Anyways, that's mine. You also have a Sixers take, Shiner. <laughs> I do, and uh, I don't know. It might be undershadowed by what you just brought up, but uh, <laughs> you know. Look at now, that. Now mine's gonna be, you know, a, a little redundant, but. It's okay. I'm I'm here and I have the platform and I'm going to use it. So ready? Yeah, I am ready. 27 seconds starts now. Okay. So, Joel Embiid did not win the league MVP. However, he is the epitome of what a most valuable player is. The man has gone. Now, this is the game before his injury. He had 36 and 8. When he got hurt in 11 minutes, he had 8 points. 
gets hurt, has not played, and the two games since has gone 39-9 and and 40-13. and Now, one of those games were a loss. However, he was crucial in getting at least four points to get him within four at the end. No, you're right. If Embiid is – we saw it before game five, right? The stats started coming out there, like, 10 and 11 without him on the court and, like, the same number of losses with him on the court this season. Like, he has to be there. He is the most valuable player. If he is there, they are in every single game. If he's not, it's it's 50-50 at this point. And you know what? The, the rest of the team did step up in that, that game he was out, and they did close out the series against the Wizards, and, you know, they did – exactly what they should have done against an inferior team. Mm. But he gets hurt, they lose, he comes back, they're in every game. That is I, an MVP. I would say if you're going on those basics, that Chris Paul would be the MVP. Because what he has done for the Suns is the, exactly what you just described. Well, they can all be their team MVPs. Yeah. We're and, giving out trophies left and right. That's no doubt. I mean, Paul is an amazing player, and he has made every single team that he has been – traded to or signed to better the year that he comes back. However, the Chris Paul today isn't necessarily the scorer p Chris Paul of yesteryear, so to speak, whereas Embiid is locking down a quarter of your points. And last time I checked, to win a basketball game, you need to score more than the other team and stop the team from scoring, which Embiid does on both sides of the floor. I will say it again, MVP. Who are you, Bill Belichick? You must score more uh, points than the other team. Please never put that name in my mouth again. You know whose <laughs> name I will put? I'll put it in Tyler's mouth because Tyler, biggest Patriots fan on the podcast, and I'm giving you that title over me, um, Tyler's upset today. Mm. And he's upset, and he gets 27 seconds to get it off his chest. So I need to say that NFL GMs are just downright stupid for thinking that they should not be trading draft picks for proven superstars. The Titans got Julio Jones for a second and a fourth round pick. Why can't the Patriots give up a first round pick to get a superstar wide receiver, something that they need, something that they have not had since Randy Moss? It, it's just stupid, and it happens a lot. Julio Jones is not injury prone. He just got an injury last year, and somehow he got that title. Sorry, I went two seconds over. I was say, Tyler, Tyler right. manages every time, and I'm like, is it actually 27 seconds, There's got to be a three-second you know, buffer, buffer between hitting the time, giving your take, and then dinging yourself out. Tyler, one question to you. If Julio Jones, and I just want a name on this one, was on the Patriots, is it Cam Newton or Mac Jones throwing him the ball? First year, Cam Newton. Every year after, Mac Jones. Wow. All right, we'll see if it comes true. And see, I... I got to agree with Tyler because the the equity that's put into draft picks that are unknown to being actually beneficial towards the team is, is ridiculous. You know, I mean, now, do you want to give away four first-round picks to get the quarterback of your dreams that's basically a coin flip coming in no matter what? Probably not. I mean, it's worked out in some scenarios. In other words, you're you're rebuilding from the start at that point if that, that trade doesn't work out or that draft pick doesn't work out. But to think you are going to pass on a superstar, a proven commodity for two guys that might make the practice team. I mean, not all second rounders are playing, you know? I mean, especially, especially in the case of the Patriots who already don't have the best proven draft record. Yeah. So it, it just, it doesn't make any sense to me. And maybe it came down to the Falcons didn't want to trade him to the Patriots and they had a better offer. We don't, we won't know that, mm -hmm. but I just think it's dumb. And it's a thing that happens 
league-wide with owners nowadays, and I just don't agree with it. You want to talk about drafts maybe not going the way you plan, right? I think the Eagles have had a rough history of their draft picks working out. You think about, okay, give up that first rounder because are you really guaranteed to get a good guy, right? Let's go back to 2009. The Eagles draft in the first round, Jeremy Macklin. I was just looking it up. He's like their highest wide receiver taken. Yeah, it, it was a big deal when he was drafted. Yeah. Like at the time mm-hmm. in, in 2009, fourth overall pick. Wait, no, that was in 1984, excuse mm-hmm. me. But like not a proven guy, right? Kind of a journeyman in the NFL. Had some you know, success, but had some injuries, the ACL, all yeah. that kind of stuff. In the second round, who do you get in 2009? My guy. LaShawn McCoy, your franchise-leading rusher. It goes to show you, you want to talk Tom Brady, Tyler. It goes to show you how many times do we have to hear pick 199, sixth round, and look at what he's turned into. Maybe your first round isn't always that important. And if you can get a proven winner like Julio Jones or two-time Super Bowl champion, multiple-time pro bowler LaShawn McCoy, maybe you give up the option of having something in the future. And with that, Shiner, we're going to go right to him. The man, the myth, the legend, McDevitt graduate, Shady, right out of Harrisburg and onto the podcast. LaShawn McCoy, thank you so much for joining us during your off season. We are so curious. We've seen the tweets about investing in real estate. We've seen you training a little bit after the last Super Bowl. What is your day-to-day right now? What, what are you up to? I mean, you actually just said it. Just um, you know, waking up, training, you know, getting my body together, um, and then kind of uh, conversing with my brother, um, my and my company about different real estate opportunities that we're looking forward to getting into. Checking the basics, um, even if I'm on like the off time or like a weekend, I might go home or go to different locations that we have property. Just checking it out, you know. And sometimes I might just play a couple video games and I hang out and. I go on like um, Zillow and, and, and talk to my realtors about different properties. So it's kind of best of both worlds from, from actually playing ball to doing things outside of ball. You and I have a lot in common then. I spend a lot of time on Zillow. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I want to talk to you about the training though. Are, are you looking to sign with a team? Where are you at in that process? Like, do you still want to be playing in the National Football League? I had a couple calls um, from a couple teams. I'm just waiting for the right opportunity. I think um, that's to be that's a perfect fit where I can, you know, help out and with with they have some maybe younger guys that are emerging to stars or they're trying to find, figure a way out to how to do it. Um, you know, how to be more professional, more of a vet, and that's something I can really help out. And uh, and I want to be with a team that has a chance, has a chance to to make a splash in the playoffs and. Um, you know, potentially be a contender. So those are all the things that I'm looking forward to. I mean, if the right, if the right case came and the right team, and it made perfect sense uh, in the ideal world, you know, I would love to to kind of play for them. But at the right times, at the right moment. You found a couple contenders, right, in the Chiefs and and the Bucks, and winning back to back Super Bowls. What was that process like for you, kind of here in in the second half of your career? finally being able to punch it through, win that Super Bowl. I mean, that's the pinnacle for, for a player. Well, man, that I'm the rabbit foot. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I just, it was a true blessing. It really was. I mean, I think majority of my career, I've been like the, the main guy. Um, and I haven't really won. I've 
got a lot of individual stats and individual goals I might accomplish, but the ultimate goal that I didn't accomplish until now is the, is the championships. So now I can be a part of that that whole run, man. It was it was amazing. Um, and then you think about just going back to back, like that was. I could imagine a, a better ending, um, you know, so how things are going for me. And uh, it was cool. I got to play with a lot of great players, a lot of players I, I actually knew already um, from training with, maybe doing commercials with, and then actually be on the same team and work together. Uh, that was just amazing to be part of that. So um, truly blessed, man. It, it was a fun ride for sure. Yeah, both those teams were so loaded. I want to bring producer Tyler in here. He's got a question for you. Hey, LaShawn, so you just talked about playing with all these people and playing on Super Bowl teams. As a resident Patriots fan over here, what is it like playing with Tom Brady? You know what? Since you're a Patriot fan, I'll give you this. It's, <laughs> it's how can I say it? Because, um, you know, he's a humble guy, but a guy like Tom Brady, man, it doesn't come around often. So when you see all, like, the, the success that the Patriots had with Tom, um, I can see it. You know, he, he's changed – um, when he walked to the building, man, he changed the whole like concept of coming to work just to work. Nah, this is our job. This 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 is our, a livelihood. This is our lifestyle. I mean, he he makes you believe these things, um, and he made it fun. That ride, I tell you, what was fun, man. He all the success over there in, in New England. I can see how. I mean, he makes everybody accountable each day. There's a lot of days where we call it dog days, where it's tough, it's hot, you're tired, you're fatigued, but you find a way to get it done. You know, he builds day after day. He makes every single player on the team better on offense and on defense. So, you know, I've seen the Patriots struggle last year, and I, I can see how. You don't have a leader in a, in a building like that who's used to success, who wants to win, who will do anything to win, if it's throwing, if it's running it. You know, he's like whatever it takes, and, and you kind of see that when you play with him. So there's no, no surprise, man, that this, the success he's had with teams um, and, and for himself. I mean, he, he puts everything into it. He surely does. I'm going to make the most ridiculous comparison here. The way you're talking about Tom Brady is the way people here talk about Jeff Wechter at McDevitt football. Just the impact he's had on the yeah. program. Doesn't that sound <laughs> It's okay. It sounds right. ridiculous. I feel the same way about Jeff Wechter, baby. That's right. That's right. No, but so, so let's talk about him and, and what McDevitt did for you. I mean, that man is so important to that program. McDevitt has had so much success. You look at Ricky Waters. You look at you. You look at the people that have come out of that program. What is it about McDevitt that's also that much of a winner? I think the, the, the biggest thing, man, is just um, he believes, believes in the kids. I mean, that, that's what it's all about. I mean, you're going to find superstars and there. You're going to find guys with natural talent. But I think a coach to go out on a limb, man, and, and go the extra mile, um, you know, and do all the right things for a child to get him in school. You know, and, and Coach Wechter, he'll do that. That's that's He's one of my favorite coaches, not only just by the X's and O's or, or the play calling, but more just as a coach that, that you really trust and you got real love for. He's been excellent to me and my family. My older brother who's playing in the pros that Coach Rector, you know, fought for. Um, and even when guys come to McDevitt, I, I feel like people think that McDevitt is just a cakewalk. Like, All right, you go to McDevitt, you're going to make it. But no, you come to McDevitt, he, you're going to work your ass off. And a lot of that credit goes to Coach Rector. Um, you know, and, and sometimes he gets criticized for different things that I think he can't control. I mean, he gets the players there to school. It's their job to, to finish it out. Um, and that's why he's one of the, the, the greats from McDevitt, from the mid pen. Um, and he always will be remembered, man, for sure. So um, I think we should just take time to really um, thank Coach Rector. I think a lot of times you have like 
great players and coaches, you live in the moment, but you don't really give them their dues, you know, and, and I think he's the type of coach that he deserves it. He really does. Well, I know that's going to mean a lot to him. Um, I, I think about your time at McDevitt and you had so many highs and, and so many lows. And here's where I want to bring in producer uh, Dave Shiner. He covered you in high school. He was one of those videographers up and down the sidelines trying to chase you, you know, because you, you really put him through the ringer here. But Shiner, what do you remember about that days and, and what questions do you have about that? All right. Well, <clears throat> first of all, Sean, big fan. I've been an Eagles fan my whole life. And when you got drafted, Go it was birds. one of the coolest <laughs> things. Yeah, no, it was awesome to see, especially since I've lived my whole life here in the Harrisburg area. I mean, I'm a West Shore brat, but don't hold that against me. <laughs> um, but but anyway, uh, just the one thing I remember about seeing you in high school is like you just you jumped off the field like you could tell that you were an elite talent and just being able to stay humble and keep grinding with McDevitt. But I want to bring up a date. And I wish I could see your face right now, but September 24th, 2005. I'm sure you remember what that date is. Is that the Cougars game? That yeah, was the Battle of the Berg. And I was yeah. one of the lone people on the sidelines filming that. And obviously Ooh. the thing that happened there in the fourth quarter with your ankle. And, and that was just a, a crazy thing because you were on top of the world there. I mean, I think you, got, you were looking at USC at that time and you had Reggie yeah. Bush, like, you know, recruiting mm -hmm. you and everything. And I know that that, kind of put a halt on everything for a minute and I just I remember the emotions that were going on in the field that day your parents you you know everything that was going on uh, was that the biggest adversity you faced in your career outside of you know making it to the pros I mean because you kind of had to start over before you even got your shot yeah you're right I mean this is hearing you talk about it I'm I'm getting like goosebumps yeah that was I had goosebumps, I man, and I was right there. I, I felt for you. Yeah, it was tough. I think just, I was such a young kid, and, I, and everybody was, like, grabbing me. Everybody was just promoting me from me. Like, college coaches called me all day, and, um, you know, and, like, your your peers and your classmates and family. So you just think that you're young, you know it all, and you got it. You know, it's like and nothing can phase me, you know. But um, I think it was just a sign from God, you know, to – to humble down and, and uh, know that anything, any moment can be taken from you. I think I was, at the time, I was I was pretty cocky. Um, I just never, I was a cool kid growing up, but I never got like that much attention. So it was like, whoa, <laughs> you know what I mean? And once I got injured, man, I just had to focus back. I was so depressed. Uh, like all the other like people and fans and stuff and like all the um, like colleges recruiting, it kind of like disappeared for a while. And I was like, wow. So I think that helped me out. Later on in my life, when I went through adversity, I went through tough times. Like, hey, man, the, the same people that was for me is still gonna be for me. But the ones that come around, they come and go. I mean, that's 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 life. And I learned at a young age. So, you know, my mom will always, you know, like get on me about that. Like, hey, man, like the people in your corner is you, you know where they are. You don't have to guess and think. And that's the people I stuck with. So that time was, was tough for me. I got through it. It made me tougher though. I, I remember I remember being in prep school. Um, I was still hurt, but I was slowly getting myself back together. And like a lot of the coaches were coming there. At the time, I committed to Miami, and uh, it was another kid that committed to Miami. He was a running back as well, and he was there. And they came in there, and they would be visiting my prep school, and they wouldn't even tell me. So that hurt me a little bit. I said, okay. So I decommitted, right? And, I, and then uh, Dave Wan said he he remembered me from being like Lashawn McCoy before the injury. And he was trying to recruit me, which I would never. It's funny how things work. I never would even talk to them guys like that. Like Pitt, ah, 
you know what I'm saying? And then I, till I, till I went on a visit and talked to the coaches and been around the, the atmosphere and it was the time and I made it happen. But the, the hard times that I, I faced after the injury, it prepared me for everything. It's like I, even my first year, I didn't even really go out. I was so tunnel vision. Like I want everybody to remember, you know, who I was and, and what type of player I was before I got injured. And then it slowly came back. Cause you remember I only did like what, two years of pit, at, two years at Pitt. So three years from removed from high school, I got right into the NFL. So people like overlooked that, but that's a short period of time. Like you, you disown me cause I got injured. And then three years later, I'm back, I'm back on top. So it helped me to be like a lot more humble, taking all like the, the praise and things like that. And knowing that it's just, it could come and go, you know I mean? It's all a blessing from God. So that really helped me out. It really did. Now I, I want to bring something back that might take you back to those days. And I have a question. So, you were you're notorious, and I, I even remember that day that you got hurt. You always had a Superman crop top shirt on under your pads. <laughs> was this like an MJ thing, wearing his UNC shirts under his uh his uh you know uniform there for a while? Like, how long did you rock that? Because I think you even had it up at Pitt on some pictures I've seen. Like, was that like kind of yeah, your thing for a while? Like, when did you ditch that? Or to this day, not. do you still throw that on when you lace up? I just was a, a, a freaking young kid. You know, <laughs> thinking you were Superman. Yeah, I, I think like my last year, Pitt, I got rid of it. Like, what am I doing? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but like, it was cool, man. Like, I mean, taking it from someone who was on the sidelines, we were like, oh, Superman came to show today. Let's see what happens, you know? And you did. Yeah. I mean, you dominated it in those years. And I, I just always wondered if that was like something you kept with you through your career or that, that kind of stopped all in college. Nah, kind of, kind of like my, I won't say my first year. Once I kind of just, I was so sure who I was. I didn't need people to tell me who I was or people to pump me up to make me feel good. You know, where people make me think that I'm Superman and because of the way I play. But that's just one part of life. And, and I think at that age, I, I kind of thought I was untouchable. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's why the injury happened. And God wanted to put it back in my mind. Like, hold up, take it easy. Uh, but I kind of got rid of that, that phase of the Superman logo. And, you know, so. Because I would even say stuff like... Uh, high school like um it would be like plays when guys might tackle me or get me down and i would be like superman don't bleed <laughs> like you know what i'm saying what am i yeah. talking about <laughs> and then oh, i would go play awesome. so it's just it's cool to think about it now like what the heck was i thinking back then i was 16 years old 15 you just think i don't know we all thought we were so cool at that age you know i mean like you're not, like you said you're untouchable until until the injury there and um, I mean, I get it. I, I won't say what I was wearing in high school, but I felt, I felt way too cool about certain things. But, you know, what you said about Harrisburg and, and kind of the pressure that's on you, the focus that's on you. Um, we talked to Chris Franklin uh, last week on the podcast. Oh, that's my guy. Yeah, good that's dude. Right yeah. Um, he yeah, he's has, actually a good dude, like, all the way around. I mean, since I was a kid to now, he's always been the same type of guy. You know, I like, and I like guys like him, so. My brother was like that, like just humble dudes. That's why I was saying, like, even when I was younger, I was so wild, like thought I was this and that. But the sad part is when you meet guys that like are adults, right? <laughs> and they think that, like this man right here is a good player, but he thinks he's Superman. Like what? And he's 28, 29 or 27 compared to the year 17 and 16 when you think it. It's a whole different dynamic, but. But yeah, so Chris is a good dude, though. No, he, he said a lot of really good things about you, about about Michael Parsons, just like the guys that have come out of this area who have focused on making sure that Harrisburg is taken care of, that the kids here are taken care of. And Chris threw both of you guys out there as, as players who are focused on creating a positive example back here. 
I want to ask you, like, was it tough growing up in this community and, and why are mm. you still investing in it? it? It was tough. Um, some of the neighborhoods I grew up in, um, it, it was tough, but it makes you tough. You know, like I, I remember just talking to like different teammates just about where you come from and like some group, some guys be willing to quit. I'm like, man, I'm from Harris, but ain't, ain't no quitting me. You know what I'm saying? I've been through, I've been through it, you know? And like things like that, it, it, it brings you uh, to life, you know, when, when things are looking shaky. Uh, so I'm so thankful for be, to be from Harrisburg. That's why I'm so big on it. That's why any, any, any time I could share with, with, with knowledge to young kids or, or give back or help them out with school or whatever it is, give, donate money, whatever it, can, it is I want to do. Even like we had the thing with the, um, with the vaccine shots, like, because these are my people. That's how I look at it. I look at it. When, when you talk about Harrisburg and you leave outside the city and you go to Philadelphia or you go to Florida, you go wherever you go, you know, you start talking about people from Harrisburg and you tell me, oh, you know, Shady McCool, he's from Harrisburg. Oh, Shady, you know, so I look at them as like, those are my people. You know, when I look at a guy like Michael Parsons, who's, who's a young star that's emerged uh, with a big future, with a big team, with a big brand, like I, I'm happy that I could be a, a part of that where um, I've been a good role model or example for a guy like that. You know, so now he'll be the next guy that that he'll be the, the next role model for the, the, the next Michael Parsons or whoever it is. You know what I'm saying? Michael Coaston, whoever the guy is. And, and they can talk about guys that's from the hometown and what they've done and when they come back home. You know, I meet so many older kids now that 10 years ago or, or 11 years ago, they were talking about, yo, man, I, I, went, I remember going to your camps or, yo, I remember when, like, I, I love that type of thing. I, I love how that, 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 that unfolds and, and, you know, like, you think only one part of life, like, okay, football, but it's so much more like the, the bigger purpose. You know, and I can bring purpose to different people, especially from my hometown, and it means the world to me. You light up when you talk about Harrisburg. It's incredible yeah. just listening to like the joy and, and the love you have for the city. Um, I also heard a couple minutes ago, a, a go birds. And we know what <laughs> you did with the Eagles. We know how important that was to you and your success. Any thoughts to wanting to finish this thing out as an Eagle? Uh, for sure. I think when, I, when I'm all said and done, I'm going to be a bird. That's, you know, it wasn't my, my fault or reason to, to leave. You know, things happen. So I'll always be a, a Philadelphia Eagle, you know, and that's, it's bigger than just, you know, being a franchise leader in Russia. It's bigger than that. It's like home for me. This is where I really, they, gave, they took a shot on me, you know, and, and, and I've came from a spot where people kind of let me down and, and they didn't take a shot on me when I, when I went through my adversity, my, my injury. So, so always get a special place for me. Um, I'm not sure if I'll play there this year. It depends on, it depends on what happens. I mean, they got a new, new team. Uh, we've been in some talks a little bit, not too much. So you never know. Hey, you never know, man. Anything can happen. Hey, as long as Chip Kelly's not on the staff, I think he got a shot. <laughs> Still <laughs> mad at that guy, by the way. I'm sure you are too. <laughs> I, I I want to ask LaShawn, I mean, you sound pretty committed to playing at this point, but have you given any thought to retirement? Are you are you feeling like it's time to retire? How's the body? Are you mentally there? Is retirement at all in your view? Yeah, for, no, for sure. I, I would be lying if I said it wasn't. It, it is. I have some thoughts to retire. Um, and, I, and, like, mentally, I'm, I'm good with that. You know, I got a lot of things set up, um, a lot of different gigs set up. Uh, you know, keep me busy, keep me active. And then I, my son is, is is getting older. I have a daughter. You know, I have some kids. So, I mean, it's like, all right. You, I, I try to look at all the good and all the bad. 
you know. Um, and if they're good, always bad, then I'm okay with that. Uh, and when I say bad, I mean not like something will happen, but just if I don't play, you know, what's the worst thing happen if I don't play? I might miss it. You know, I've never done it. That's that's the biggest thing is I've never, <laughs> since I've been like five or four, I've been playing ball every year, you know. So it's just something that you kind of take out of your life that's always been there, you know. So but, but it's all about just, adjusting, you know, and I'll, I'll see what happens if that is the scenario. Well, you've got two-hand touch football in the backyard with your with your son, with your daughter. Uh, you got a home here in Harrisburg that will always welcome you back. We sure. so appreciate the time. Um, and next time you're in the city, we'll have to uh, have you in again. It'd be, it'd be awesome to see you. Oh, let's do it. That's, that sounds good to me. Awesome. Thank you, LaShawn. Thank and you so much. Yeah, good luck with the rest of your training, and we appreciate it. All right, you guys take it easy. Thank you. Want more of these interviews? We've talked to Cowboys first-round draft pick Michael Parsons, NFL Network's Kim Jones, and Hershey Bears head coach Spencer Carberry. You can watch our full episodes on our website, abc27.com. Click on Sports and then The Sports Extra Podcast or listen wherever you find podcasts. Incredible. Like, I can't believe that he gave us so much time, that he gave us so much insight. I think the thing that I have noticed about LaShawn McCoy and the couple events that I've covered him in, um, he's so much realer of a human that I think people give him credit for and he's pretty open yeah no I mean this is definitely a bucket list thing for me being able to actually interview like someone that I've watched countless games of seen grow up I, I mean it just it's cool that he gave us the time um it, it just I don't know I'm a little speechless right now it's pretty cool yeah no you're one of the rare people um in this room at least where you saw him play at high school at Pitt and then he goes to play drafted by your favorite team does amazing things with the Eagles and now this is the first time you're getting to talk to him as an NFL pro, um, kind of in the late stages of his career, getting mm -hmm. to reflect on the past couple decades. What did you take? Like, there's so much there. What did you take away from that? You know, it, it's funny, too, because, I mean, he was kind of always seen as a little bit of a wild child, maybe. You know, I mean, he had his, he said sh that. <laughs> his shady bounce he used to do <laughs> back in the day, and everybody kind of always saw him as a car. I mean, heck, his nickname is Shady. You that know? was good, I mean, by the way, that get, bounce. You like that? Yeah, I've been practicing good. for about a decade. <laughs> anyway, but, I mean, like, for real, his nickname is Shady. His mom gave him that nickname growing up, you know, and I think the thing that I pulled away from it is, I mean, this is a kid that kid this is a person that I saw as a kid and is truly a man now I mean he talked about you know when I brought up the the Superman shirt like oh that was just me thinking I was invincible back in the day and I know that's not the case and you know even just talking about like now he's a dad and then like being able to like talk playing football in the backyard versus maybe football on an NFL stage you know and like that's a part of his life now and to see the transition of this wirely little kid you know early on to being a full-grown human man and taking on responsibility and being God-fearing and all that. It's just cool to see his transformation, you know, and the fact that he still brings it back home to Harrisburg on occasion and still wants to be a part of that, still talks highly of his high school coach. Yeah. I, I just, it's it's cool to see him mature in that way. I've talked to Wechter about him a couple of times. They're close. Like, yeah. you know, they've done. The, still has his shoe for crying out yeah, loud. If you've ever seen the E60 on him, I mean, exactly. it's crazy. And, and LaShawn flies him out for things. And I think that's, that's where you see players who really remember where they're from. Like, he never forgets to pay attention to this area. He still has property in this area. He's looking yeah. at more property. Mm -hmm. um, Tyler, I loved I, – I wasn't sure, right? You never know, like, when you're talking about the GOAT, Tom Brady, like, what people are going to say. Some people love him. Some people can't handle his amount of expectation. 
What did you think of LaShawn's answer for it? I thought it was great. He he said Tom Brady is like a normal person. He has yeah. a, a intense work ethic. Like he, but the, the the biggest thing that I got from him is that, and not just LaShawn McCoy, but also all the other people we've talked to so far that these like superstars are just normal people with uh, the same emotions that we have. So the the talk that we had with him was incredible to hear his emotions and hear how he's grown as a person and everything he's experienced. Like it, it's just incredible to hear that these people are just human as much as the media kind of tries to hype them up above that. Yeah. As much as we think they're Superman or, you know, whatever, I think that's, that's what I've always learned in, in my career so far is, um, you know, I, when I was interning, I was walking into the nationals clubhouse at like 19 years old. Right. And standing next to guys like Bryce Harper and Steven Strasburg and being like, Oh my God, first of all, they're huge, you know, but also like they're, professional athletes like this needs to be like so awe-inspiring going to to Washington football team training camp like all these things and then you realize like they're sitting there talking about getting groceries after the practice and oh someone forgot to pay their water bill like I mean it's like it sounds so stupid but like they go to bed the same way we do they put their pants on the same way we do um they're just incredibly talented at something that not very many people are um but I love that this platform gives us a chance to meet those people and find out that like LaShawn McCoy could be your neighbor in Harrisburg and you don't even know it, you know, or, or you could have grown up right next to him and saw him play in high school and thought like, no, he's pretty good, but like, who knows? And now he's a two-time Super Bowl champion, you know? I think that's the cool part about getting to really dive in with these people is um, they've given us the time, <laughs> number one. We're so grateful for that. And um, everyone's been so honest. Yeah, and y you got to remember, I mean, they're normal people, but they also have a gift that takes many many hours and and lots of dedication to keep up that craft and that sometimes maybe when they get on this environment it, that's a break for them yeah. as well as as it is a like bucket list thing for me you know maybe it was cool for him to you know talk to his local television sh you know station that yeah. he grew up with as well you know i, I can only hope that but hey, it's just it's kind of cool that y y we even get the opportunity to see these type of people and that they you know they are just your average Joe, so to speak. You know? Shady's like, who are those people? Yeah, I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, no, I think it was it was really cool. It was really awesome. A great, a great conversation. Um, he's not the only great conversation we've had, right? He mentioned Chris. Well, we mentioned Chris Franklin. That's his dude. Mm -hmm. um, we talked to him last week. A Har Harlem Globetrotter from Harrisburg. He's awesome. He knows everyone. So if you haven't listened to that episode, you have to do that. Our very first episode. Uh, with what LaShawn called the next generation of great players, Michael Parsons, right before he got drafted. Um, he was our very first guest. So um, it's I always thought we weren't going to be able to top that. You know, I wasn't sure what we we're going to do. And, and I really do feel like each week these conversations have gotten better, more insightful. Um, this was episode eight. Episode nine. I, I like don't know which one was more exciting, but episode nine, Chicago Bears head coach, Matt Nagy joins the podcast. Logan should be back. Hopefully he's out of the airport by then. Uh, but Shiner, thank you so much for sitting in. You did a great job. Hey, uh, try my best at it. I don't know if I'm going to be a regular. I'm sure Logan will kick me out of the seat as soon as he gets back. He but, might uh, get jealous. Uh, you, never, you never know. I mean, you I, I do have seniority on him as far as being here at the station longer. So, I mean, maybe I can play that trump card a little bit as long as people actually want to hear my voice. You know, yes. that, that's the big part. You got seniority over a few people. The, here. the one thing I, I do want to say on the way out here is how much, how cool is it that so much is kind of 
run in sports in this area. I mean, you just named all of those guests that have some sort of tie in the mid-state, and it doesn't look like it's going to slow down anytime soon. And, and it just, y you wouldn't think that, you know, lonely old Harrisburg has so many ties to professional sports and collegiate sports, stuff like that. But it, it's, it, it kind of, being a hometown kid, knowing that there's this much pride and that we love the fact that they love coming home. It, it's just, it's kind of cool. And I, I just, I think it's awesome that we're able to have this platform for it. Yeah. That's why we wanted the podcast too much happens in central Pennsylvania to not have this. If you want to connect to the podcast, if you want to find all those episodes that we just talked about, you have to go to our website, abc27.com, click on sports and then the sports extra podcast, uh, for producer Tyler, for producer Shiner slash co-host Shiner, uh, myself, Ali Barubi, thank you so much for watching the Sports Extra Podcast. for making it to the end of the episode if you've gotten this far you clearly must like what you've heard so could you subscribe rate the show and leave us a review